everyone. Welcome to the Colorful Plates podcast for Monday, August 27th. I'm Stephen Medina, here to remind you that this podcast was created to keep you up to date, informed, inspired, and enamored with the world of fresh produce, so those in food service can be best prepared to serve their customers. In today's episode, we'll take a look at the state of some key products coming out of the fields, an innovative menu item that is sure to shake up some classic dishes, and wrap up with some produce pro tips, including choosing the right apple for your dish. And let's jump right into segment numero uno. We call this one In the Field, and this is where we talk about the ups and downs of the produce industry. And despite my wife's best efforts, I like to have my cake before my dinner. So I'm going to start you off with the good stuff, which leads us to grapes. We are getting reports of excellent quality and sizing on both green and red grapes coming out of California. Specifically in red grapes, we are seeing more availability with different varieties. And if you're asking, Stephen, can it get any better with grapes? First of all, I can't hear you. And secondly, yeah, it can. Not only is it great quality and sizing that's being reported, but supply is also abundant. This is what we like to call the triple whammy of peak seasons. So yeah, grapes has pretty much got it going on right now. And not to be outdone, new crop apples and pears are coming out of Washington and California, with high sugar levels being reported and excellent quality. Lots of varieties for both fruits are available. Fun fact, apples and pears are part of the rose family. Unrelated, women are not impressed with a dozen pears. And as it goes, the other shoe has to drop sometime. This week, it's falling on citrus and strawberries. For oranges, the heat and shortened California season is still stirring up all kinds of mayhem for growers. On top of that, much to parents around the world's delight, school is back, which means smaller sizes are getting scooped up by lunch ladies from coast to coast. So it's not only going to be harder to get, but the heat issues leave the quality fair at best. Keep in mind when ordering and menu planning. Strawberries are seeing cooler temps, which means improved quality. But Labor Day is next week, so we're seeing large chunks of supplies being grabbed by retail. It's not all bad, though. New regions are coming online, and we should see supply and quality levels out in the next few weeks. And on top of all of that, we want to keep you up to date with what's going on on East and West Coast veg. That includes things like bell peppers, cucumbers, eggplant, squash, uh, and tomatoes. The Eastern Seaboard has been hit with a lot of rain, and quality is suffering. They're loading as much as they can out of Michigan, where quality is much better. Supplies in general are good in the East. Uh, They're just having to be careful where they're loading. The weather in the mid-Atlantic and northeast are cooler and drier this week, and if that pattern holds up and they don't get any more rain, it'll take about two weeks for the quality issues to straighten themselves out. Now, there's a good mix of products coming out of Michigan with all the summer veg items along with sweet corn, watermelon, celery, and radishes. And fall items will start up in about a week with pumpkins and apples as well. And out in the west, it's the same story. Rain is causing issues leading to increase in pricing and a drop in quality. Cucumbers specifically are seeing high prices with summer squash. Those are your zucchinis and yellow squashes not far behind. Bell peppers are looking good, but might be priced a bit higher due to California starting off a little slow. Hot peppers are fairly steady with jalapenos and Anaheim peppers remaining more active than the other varieties. And eggplant quality out west is pretty good, but the supply remains tight. Before we get to our new segment, I just want to pause and say thank you to so many of you who have given us valuable feedback on both this podcast and the Colorful Plates website. As we're getting our feet under us on consistently good content, we often go back to our purpose, which is providing valuable, relevant, and compelling fresh produce information to culinary professionals. We realize that this isn't just information on commodities, growing regions, and the inevitable outbursts of Mother Nature, but it also means sharing the trends, topics, tips, and tricks that are influencing what fresh produce chefs are serving, and the innovative and profitable ways that they're serving them. For that reason, our next segment is focused on the culinary aspect of fruits and vegetables. And of course, the vener... Brian, I'm not calling you venerable. No. No, no. And of course, Brian Denton is back to discuss what is being harvested and what is being served in our ongoing segment, Making the Cut. Brian, what has made the cut this week? 
Stephen, we have just passed the long summer days or the dog days of summer. And in this back to school season, a couple things historically happen in food service. There's often a, a small dip from the bustling crowds of summer, the, the tourists, the warmer temperatures leading to people dining out more, or of course, the parents who are sick of making food for their ever-present children. Uh, so restaurateurs during this time develop ways to get their local patrons to keep coming back. So this can mean creativity with marketing. Um, I happen to love alliterations in food marketing, like seasonal sandwich uh, sampler. Um, that was that was pathetic, but you know what I mean. Uh, creativity with pricing, like Olive Garden's unlimited pasta pass, or your local gastro pub offering uh, three appetizers for three dollars, and of course, creativity with menus or all three. I want to focus on the menu piece today. During this time of year, uh, chefs begin taking more risks with their more established clientele. They're, they're enticing them to try new things by finding fun, flavorful ways to redo established dishes. So making the cut today is vegetable carb substitutes. They are amazing. They're hitting the mainstream and they are here to stay. So I think I think it all started with wraps, uh, sandwiches and burgers using leafy greens to wrap up their individual goodness. I know that at my local In-N-Out, I order my double-double protein style, which means hold the bun, wrap it in lettuce. But for many outlets, what started as a low-carb offering, uh, it eventually morphed into gluten-free is now a staple of their menus. More recently, it's been vegetable noodles, specifically squashes. Taylor Farms has terrific yellow squash and zucchini noodles that can be cooked and served like spaghetti. Now, before you yell blasphemy at me for desecrating the rich Italian traditions of your homeland, try it. It's hitting menus in a big way, and it's terrific. I've also seen uh, butternut squash fettuccines. It's it, it's it's really fantastic. One other option that's making it into the mainstream is cauliflower rice. The fine folks over at Man Packing and uh, our friends at Taylor Farms have seemed to perfect this. Essentially, it's a crumbled cauliflower. So saute it over medium heat with a little olive oil. Uh, it, it's a tremendous dish, and, and it makes for a fantastic base to any meal. So making the cut today, innovative menu items featuring vegetable carb substitutes. Give it a try. Thanks, Brian. And hey, you know what? Maybe you are venerable. I mean, I don't know what venerable means or anything, but I assume it's good. Anyway, I know at my house, zoodles or zucchini noodles have definitely made the cut. We only sort of miss gluten now. Let's turn to our last segment, Produce Pro Tips, where produce industry pros share some quick tips and tricks around the kitchen. This week, with plenty of varieties of apples available, we're asking the question you may have asked yourself. Do I have the right apple? There are over 200 varieties of apples available worldwide. Apples are the second most consumed fruit on the planet, and with good reason. They're packed with vitamins and they don't taste like it. It's like if healthy ice cream grew on trees. At any rate, apples have been used in kitchens for a cornucopia of recipes. From desserts to drinks to salads and soups, apples are versatile as they are tasty. But how do you know if you have the right variety for your dish? And how can we tell if the apple is of good quality? The traditional flavor scale for apples is tart to sweet, where something like a green Granny Smith is on the far left side of tart, and a Fuji is more on the other end of the spectrum of that sweet, sweet goodness. Knowing how tart or sweet an apple is will help you decide which apple makes the most sense for your recipe. Some chefs have actually started mixing tart and sweet apples in the same recipe for an increased flavor profile. Whichever you choose, apples add crunch and flavor to every dish they encounter. What about quality and ripeness? Is there a way to tell? Well, the short answer is yes. The great news is apples are ripe when you get them. You can use them right away. The not so great news is if they're not stored properly, they can lose quality pretty quick. So first, when inspecting, you want to make sure the apple's nice and shiny. Second, they should be firm. It should take a decent amount of pressure to bruise or indent the apple. Now, if you're prepping sliced apples for the day, a simple solution of one part lemon juice, three parts water should help delay the browning process. Third, 
cut or otherwise, store apples in the fridge. The apples will stay ripe and fresh much longer than if they were left sitting out. So, the produce pro tip of the day is mix up your apple varieties to mix up the flavor. And make sure to inspect and refrigerate apples the right way to keep them fresh and crisp. That's it for the Colorful Plates podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date each week with new episodes. And drop us a line at podcast at colorfulplates.co and let us know what you think, what you'd like to hear about on this podcast. Colorful Plates producer is Mackenzie Lovelace. Our engineer is Chloe Pika and our executive producer is Jeff Oberman with editing and mixing by myself and Brian Denton. This has been another episode of the Colorful Plates podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh.